kill me a son. Ape say, man, you must be putting me on. God say, no. Ape say, what? God say, you can do what you want, ape. But uh, next time you see me coming, you better run. Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 114 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is an update on board member liability for compliance oversight failures. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Before we get started, two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and give the podcast a five-star rating. Second, The Volkoff Law Group offers legal and compliance services. We have extensive experience in the design and implementation of compliance programs, and specifically with board governance, codes of conduct, anti-corruption, sanctions compliance policies, uh, anti-money laundering, conflicts of interest, internal investigations, and training, a broad array of uh, legal and compliance services. If interested in discovering our ser- discussing our per- services, uh, please contact me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Well, let's return to one of my pet peeve subjects, and uh, it's board member performance, board member governance. Uh, I consistently uh, continue always to be, how do you like that, consistently continue always to be frustrated uh, by the lack of uh, rigorous standards for board performance. Um, At a minimum, we need to see uh, somebody with compliance experience on the board. Um, There's too much sort of defensive legal uh, advice that's given uh, and not enough proactive, pro-ethics, pro-compliance advice and responsibilities um, sort of passed on to the boards. It's a slow-moving change, a slow-moving problem uh, in terms of remediation, but uh, and it's frustrating. Um, but nonetheless, let's let's see where we are. We've seen a little bit of some movement in uh, in some recent court decisions, and I want to review those. Before we do that, let's start off with some of our basics. Board members serve uh, with uh, fiduciary duties: uh, a duty of care, a duty of loyalty, a duty of good faith. Uh, in fair dealing, and a duty of disclosure. Um, now, these are basic fiduciary duties, um, and when things go wrong and when a board has supposedly uh, not monitored their corporate acts or corporate behaviors, uh, the company gets in trouble and they haven't ensured compliance with the law and internal policies, that's when they get challenged. Uh, we've yet to see any sort of real meaningful uh, criminal uh, enforcement against board members. Um, but when we look at sort of litigation risks and shareholder derivative suits and liability uh, that can be held uh, to hold these uh, folks accountable, we, we have to start with sort of Delaware law. And Delaware law, there are two real important cases, uh, In Ray Caremark, and you, you'll also hear um, references to that. In Ray Caremark, uh, International Incorporated uh, Derivative Litigation, which is cited at 698A for Atlantic 2nd 959, uh, 1996 decision. And Stone, XREL, M. American South Bank Corporation versus 
uh, Ritter, 9-11-A-2-362, uh, 2000, uh, uh, 2006 decision. Now, what really uh, comes out of this is an easy standard for individual liability for uh, board members to meet. Um, and their duty is basically to monitor and act, and it's pretty fairly narrow, but liability attaches when the board, quote, un utterly fails to implement any reporting or information system or controls, close quote, or if, quote, having implemented such system or controls, consciously fail to monitor or oversee its operations. Now, that standard has been held uh, pretty easily met and has frustrated a lot of sort of accountability uh, by shareholders who are attacking uh, boards. Um, we've seen this year, in the last six months, two significant decisions on that standard where uh, the Delaware courts have rejected motions to dismiss, finding sufficient uh proper pleading and, and, and a reason to go forward with regard to these uh, types of counts. A care, it's called a care mark count, let's say. So, you know, I've long uh, predicted that corporate board members are in for a rude awakening um, and that they should really improve their ability and knowledge surrounding supervision and monitoring of a company's ethics and compliance program. But most corporate boards, I've found, have little to no knowledge about what compliance is, how it works, and what their precise obligations are as part of their corporate duties. Um, and um, you can tell when you're with a board that gets it uh, and works at it, or you're with a board that has no clue what it's uh, doing. So I have a little bit of uh, cynicism around here. And... Um, Caremark and Stone v. Ritter, um, you know, basically have allowed directors uh, to uh, meet a very easy standard to exercise oversight and monitor the corporation's operational viability. Um, but recently, the, the Delaware courts returned to this issue in a case called Marchand v. Barnhill. And this is a case involving uh, Bluebell Creameries, and the facts are just horrific when you get into it. Uh, Bluebell Creameries and a listeria outbreak. And the facts are very compelling, involving a serious health and safety issue, but nonetheless includes significant implications for overall ethics and compliance functions. So the facts are interesting. In 2015, Bluebell, which was a large ice cream manufacturer, experienced a listeria outbreak, which caused the death of three individuals. Bluebell had to recall its products and shut down production. And shortly after that, Bluebell suffered a liquidity crisis, and the company was forced to secure financing uh, that caused a fall in its stock price. Uh, a stockholder brought a derivative suit alleging that the directors breached their fiduciary duty of loyalty under Caremark, meaning they didn't satisfy their Caremark obligations. The trial court granted the defendant's motion to dismiss, finding that the plaintiffs did not plead any facts to support the claim that the board, quote, utterly failed to adopt or implement any reporting and compliance systems, close quote. Interestingly, the Delaware Supreme Court reversed. 
and the Delaware Supreme Court cited several significant facts. Blue Bell, as an ice cream maker, knew that food safety was an essential and criti- mission critical. I mean, this was their only, this was their sole business, making ice cream. The company was regulated by three states and the FDA. And during the period of 2009 to 2014, regulators identified a number of compliance failures and health safety uh, risks. And incredibly, although there were a number of positive tests for the presence of listeria, the relevant board minutes reflected no board-level discussion of listeria. Moreover, the plaintiff's complaint alleged that the board was not informed about listeria or food safety issues generally, even as the problem grew. It was not until the food recall was forced that the board was informed about food safety issues. The court also cited the fact that once the board was forced to recall Bluebell's ice cream products, the board did not schedule any additional emergency board meetings to receive updates and left the matter in management's hands. Eventually, the CDC uh, uh, became involved and after several deaths issued a recall and warning to grocers and consumers. FDA inspections then of the plants revealed major deficiencies and little progress in remedying the problem despite growing listeria outbreaks and positive tests. News reports basically described how management was ignoring the problem of plant conditions. Bluebell was eventually forced to shut down all production and lay off one-third of its employees. Now, the Delaware Supreme Court reversed the trial court's dismissal and explained that, quote, Directors have great discretion to design context and industry-specific approaches tailored to their company's business and resources. Caremark does have a bottom line requirement that is important. The board must make a good faith effort, that is, try to put in place a reasonable board-level system of monitoring and reporting. Now, in this regard, the court cited several factors, including the failure of the board to establish a board committee to monitor food safety because of the importance its mission-critical connection, or to periodically devote a portion of its meetings to food safety compliance. Uh, according to the board minutes, the board did not have any discussion of food safety red flags and making sure that their food safety was, uh, controls were properly working. Importantly, the board did not proactively require management to regularly provide information about mission-critical risks. The board had no protocol or expectation that management would deliver key food safety compliance reports or summaries of these reports to the board on a consistent and mandatory basis. As a result, the board did not require the company to take action to rectify the systemic deficiencies that were uh, identified by the FDA prior to the listeria outbreak and then even after. So this is an important uh, indication that even under Caremark, there are situations where boards have a greater responsibility to act. The facts are definitely compelling and create uh, sort of compelled the uh, court to reverse the lower court uh, because it involved a serious food safety risk and the death of of three consumers. Um, But the court's analysis can apply to other situations where boards fail to act involving other risks, particularly to the extent it is in core areas that are close to the mission uh, of the particular company. Um, So 
this was an important case. And then several, just recently, um, building on this case, um, a, uh, this is October 1st, 2019, in Ray Clovis Oncology, Inc., derivative litigation, a Delaware Chancery Court denied a motion to dismiss the plaintiff's claims under the Caremark decision against individual directors for failing to monitor the development of the biotech, this is a biotech firm's experimental cancer drug, and allowing it to permit uh, inflated performance results that were communicated to the market, to the public. So this was the second opinion issued by the Delaware courts in recent months, allowing plaintiff claims under Caremark to proceed to trial. Now, obviously, there's going to be discovery. We don't know what's going to happen in that process, but at least they're getting over the hurdle, which this hurdle has been difficult to overcome before in Caremark cases. So, uh, and maybe this is the beginning of a trend of some changing sensibility. Um, You know, the court has made it clear that a director's duty of loyalty is satisfied when a director makes a good faith effort to implement an oversight system and then monitor it. But to the extent that a company operates in a regulated market, notice the food safety, and now we're talking about uh, drugs uh, and a drug uh, clinical trial process. But to the extent that a company operates in a regulated market, the Delaware courts are now suggesting that oversight and monitoring, in my view, are important requirements to exercising good faith. So um, what happened in this case is uh, Clovis had no drugs to market, was developing a lung cancer drug that was its most promising drug. Clovis's clinical trial incorporated a well-known protocol that included a specific metric for indicating the drug's efficacy. During the trial, uh, the clinical trial, not the trial, Clovis deviated from the protocol by improperly calculating the efficacy measurement. As a result, Clovis published inflated performance results and included this information in raising capital in the private and public securities markets. Clovis also failed to properly disclose the drug's side effects. So while the board's uh, nominating and corporate governance committees were responsible for developing and overseeing the effectiveness of Clovis's legal, ethics, and regulatory compliance, the full board received reports on the drug that indicated red flags as to the accuracy of uh, the the efficacy metrics calculation. Uh, The board uh, took corrective action, and Clovis's stock plummeted 70%. Interestingly, the court cited a prior case, that being the Blue Bell ice cream case that we just went over, and what uh, cited the specific language that when a company operates in an environment where externally imposed regulations govern its mission-critical operations, the oversight function must be more rigorous. Uh, In Clovis, the court found that the experimental lung cancer drug constituted a mission-critical product and that FDA regulations governing the clinical study were, quote-unquote, mission-critical regulatory issues. In addition, the court noted that, quote, red flags existed, such as the boards receiving reports showing that management was improperly calculating the efficacy metric, 
Uh, and moreover, the board knew that the company was using the inflated performance numbers in communications outside the company, such as with investors and the FDA. So the Clovis court explained the directors must have, quote, acted with Cianter, which requires proof that a director acted inconsistent with his fiduciary duties, as most importantly, that the director knew he was so acting. So the, Clor- the Clovis court inferred that the board consciously ignored red flags that revealed a mission-critical failure to comply with the specified protocol and associated FDA regulations. This, uh, a critical fact here was was that all, it wasn't just handled by the committees, but all the board members received these reports with regard to the metrics and the performance of the clinical uh, studies. So the directors either knew or should have known they were not discharging their duty. The board included experts, and the, there were a lot of sort of scientists and MDs and whatnot on the board. Uh, and Clovis's clinical trial protocol incorporated a protocol that was well known in the pharmaceutical industry. The court observed that neither the criteria of the well-known protocol nor the FDA requirements were nuanced. Clovis's internal documents confirmed that the board spent hours at meetings discussing the experimental drug and its potential competitor. Despite knowing all of this, the board took no action. The court described the directors who signed the Clovis annual report as acting, quote, with hands on their ears to muffle the alarms, close quote. So the Clovis court explained that Delaware courts are more inclined to find Caremark oversight liability at the board level when the company operates in the midst of obligations imposed upon it by positive law, yet fails to monitor existing compliance systems such that a violation of law and resulting liability occurs. The Clovis court noted that when externally imposed regulations govern a company's mission-critical operations, the board must exercise a good-faith effort to implement an oversight system, which, quote, entails a sensitivity to compliance issues intrinsically critical to the company. So that's sort of where we are. Uh, These are two important cases, and I think uh, if you are in a regulated industry, if there are certain, you know, in intrinsically sets of, you know, uh, changing law, changing regulations, ongoing relationships with the government, this is definitely something that should be uh, incorporated uh, into your board governance uh, activities and your assessment. Uh, These are the new standards, and uh, it really sort of uh, is raising the bar, but it's first in sort of these industries first, and then we'll see where this goes uh, in in terms of uh, future activities. Uh, Just one reminder, get in front of your board, train and educate your board. And when I say educate, meaning don't assume they know anything uh, and start from that level, but educate them with a mind, not towards just giving them a legal rendition, but to explain to them where their liabilities lie, how the uh, particular laws work, and what are their specific obligations in terms of um, oversight of a compliance program and monitoring of the compliance program. Anyway, we'll be back. Uh, Sorry for the uh, pet peeves and the uh, sort of rant here uh, on board performance, but uh, I do think it's important that you uh, get informed on these uh, two particular cases. 
And so, anyways, thanks. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Just put some bleachers out.